Welcome to Five Cats, Two Pussies. This is Ronnie. And this is Lindsay. And this is episode 28. Welcome. Yeah, 28. <laughs> How are you, Lindsay? <laughs> We're still so far apart. <laughs> uh, I know. I'm doing all right. I'm like, I'm finally getting used to not seeing anybody, but I still want to see people and I want to, I really want to drink at a bar. It comes in, yeah, it comes in waves for me. Yesterday, I had a great day. I, like, slept in. I stayed in bed until, like, one. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to be, like, artsy and worked on, like, a watercolor for my mom because we are recording on Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, moms. Um, Happy Mother's Day. (laughs) But, like, uh, towards the end of the day, I got this overwhelming desire to go to uh, to go to the Sinclair in Cambridge and like drink a notch and play pinball and just like I was like, man, I haven't walked to Harvard Square in over two months. And just every once in a while, it comes in this wave of like, I want to go to this specific place and drink this specific thing and like sit in a bar or sit outside in a patio. Now it's patio weather. Ugh, it's terrible. <laughs> I know, dude. I really want to do that too. Something else I want to do, which I haven't done in these past couple of months and I should have done. I have a bag of mushrooms in my freezer. I want to eat them. <laughs> Save some. Uh, and when we can get together, we'll do, we can do, maybe we can do some mushrooms for, um, maybe not for a recording, but <laughs> maybe we can like talk <laughs> about our experience. Yeah. We can eat some and like frolic in the yard or something. That yeah. sounds great. Yeah. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm glad you're doing well overall, bar cravings aside. I'm, like, making this, like, mental list of all the places I want to go now. <laughs> like, all the places that come up in a very, like, specific thing. It's like, these are the places that are clearly important to me, which is kind of nice. But Yeah, there. I mean, there are so many important places. I just hope that those places all survive this. Me too. Me too. Well, we have a great episode today. Uh, I think this is like, for me, this is long awaited. I've wanted to discuss this topic for a while now, but wanted to put a little bit of time and reading into it. So we are going to talk about altars, uh, which is exciting for me because we mention them every once in a while. And so we're going to talk a little bit about what are they, what are they used for, how do you make one, what are ours look like, um, you know, are you a bad witch if you don't have one? But yeah, we're going to talk all about altars today. I'm excited. I am too. <laughs> um, but before we get into altars, I just sent, before we started recording, Lindsay some fresh photos, which I will share on our Instagram for everyone. But Mr. Floofy Pants, not so floofy anymore. <laughs> so if this is your first time listening, one of our five pussies, his name is Nimbus, is a long-haired Russian blue. He's a big cat. He's like almost Maine Coon size and he's a big chunky boy with really long hair and he had these floofy pantaloons and just fluff everywhere he's one of those cats that has like seven layers of fur and the poor buddy uh gets mats he's just you know it's the plight of a long-haired cat and sometimes they get to the point around his butt especially where there's no combing that out um, and he doesn't really love being brushed. He likes being brushed around his head, but he doesn't like the pulling of brushes around his butt. So we shaved him. 
And now he's skinny. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, he's kind of like a puppy. Like, he has no ass. This is what I've discovered. It's like when a guy shaves his beard and you discover he has no chin, we shaved the floof and discovered he has no butt. (laughs) Those pictures are so funny. He looks in. Sane. Yeah. So we've only, we've partially shaved him. He's about a third shaved. I'd love to give him the full lion cut because he is a long haired cat and that's what we'll work towards for summer, but it's not like, we're not quite there yet. And we got most of the um, really troubled areas off and he loved it actually. Like I was pretty surprised. He doesn't like it obviously when we pull, but the clippers that we used were pretty good. I took it right down to a two and uh, engineer Dan distracted him with treats and got him purring, and then I just went to town with the clippers and shaved them all off. So we'll do another Aww. we'll do another session, get his belly, and um, you know trim him up to so he looks handsome. But yeah, <laughs> it's that time I have to start giving my cat seasonal haircuts. <laughs> my bangs are out of control. <laughs> his fur looks dynamite. <laughs> I bet he feels really good now. That's the biggest thing is he like immediately he started like jumping up on high places. He couldn't like, I feel like he felt he couldn't get to before because the the mats were pretty, it's like a felt blanket and they just like clump all of his fur together um, right at the skin. And I, and I really think that it just pulled to the point where he like didn't really want to like jump up on stuff or stretch it out. So now he's, leaping all over the place and he's purring and drooling i really like the way it feels too he's like he feels like a puppy it's great (laughs) (laughs) i have a cat who feels like a dog (laughs) i can like pet him without getting like wispy cat hair in my beverage and (laughs) i'm i'm a fan Oh, cat hair in the beverage is never fun but i'm glad that the flu is feeling good now yeah I think he feels great. He looks great. (laughs) That's what's important. (laughs) Oh, excuse me. Oh, God. Cough just like exploded out of nowhere. (laughs) Sorry about that. Oh, no. That was so rude. Well, that's okay. (laughs) You know what time it is, Lindsay? I do know what time it is. Is it the time that I'm thinking of? I think so. Son of a bitch. Yes. (laughs) The time that we always forget. It is time to light the ritual candle. <laughs> yeah. So in- Sorry, engineer Dan. <laughs> you witches are on a hot streak. Yeah, I know. It's like we got our shit together all of a sudden. <laughs> I all know. Right, I want to give this bad boy a light. I'm hoping that you and I can get together before the summer solstice to choose a new candle. But if that's not the case, maybe we'll take a poll or something like that. Maybe if you have a... I have preferred places where I like to get my beeswax candles. The stipulation is it must be 100% beeswax. It doesn't have to be a spell candle. It doesn't have to be blessed. It doesn't have to be consecrated. We can do that shit ourselves, but it has to be 100% beeswax. So if you have a favorite candle maker or you make candles yourself and you want to suggest a candle for us for our summer solstice, you can always drop us a line at 5C2Ppod at Gmail or 5C2Ppod on Instagram. Yeah. That sounds great. How many more lights do you think we have out of this spring candle? 
It's a good one. Because it went pretty fast, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I got a slightly smaller one because I only have so much room for all of the old candles that don't, like, all of this ritual candles that don't get fully burned, which is all of them. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I do intend, as I think we've mentioned (laughs) in the past, to take them all when we've completed a full cycle, melt them down, and make one candle for us. Um, And that will be a ritual candle until it's gone. But this one... We'll make it through. I don't know exactly how many more burns would be left in it, but we'll make it through until summer. Probably not too far beyond that. So I won't be burning it, obviously, after we switch candles. But it, it's still got about a, a good inch and a half worth of burning. Oh, nice. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, so, so we're going to... We're going to... Take a break, up our bevies. It's a great time for you to grab your rollies if that's your inclination. But uh, kick back. We'll be back in a second to talk all about altars. Yeah. We'll see you soon, witches. Welcome back, pussies. We are ready to talk about altars. So ready. <laughs> Jazz hands. <laughs> uh, so uh, I sort of mentioned this in our, at the top of the show that we've talked about altars a couple of times here and there. And we haven't really like sort of dived into like what is an altar like what are they used for how do you make one all those this is like an altar 101 but before we get into it i did want to point out uh that there are very specific um religious and witchcraft practices sometimes those two things overlap um that have very specific altars and specific tools and this is not an episode about those so when i think of that i'm sort of speaking of things like um voodoo practice and that sort of thing where uh or or I don't know the official word for it, but like a a day of the dead honoring your loved ones, like that specific momentary altar, all of those types of things are very special to people that practice those. This is sort of more of a generic modern witchcraft uh, 101 on altars. Absolutely, dude. And I think that like in modern witchcraft and in your own practice, it's pretty important that your altar reflect yourself more than anything else. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they are very um, special. They're very individualized. And we're going to talk a lot about that. Uh, But first of all, I guess I wanted to start sort of top of things of like, what is an altar? Because I definitely, uh, before I got into witchcraft, had this image in my head of like, an altar was a very specific thing. And it had a pentagram and a cow skull and a ritual <laughs> sacrifice. And like, it was a, like, it was always in like a dark room with red candles kind of thing. Like it was a very specific image of an altar. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about like, what, what is an altar? And, uh, you know, what is, like what uh like what is it what isn't it i suppose but did you ever have that same like mental image of like ooh, that's an altar it's probably like from like comic books and horror movies no not really i mean i started like dabbling in witchcraft pretty young like i was a teenager so from what like I started learning about altars pretty young. And I guess, I I mean, I suppose in, like, movies that I saw as a child, I had somewhat of an idea of what an altar should look like, but I learned pretty quickly 
that really it was just going to be a place for me to focus energy and and would be representative of either what I was dealing with, what the season was going to be, or how I wanted it to represent my personal energy at the time. Totally. And that's exactly, you know, what an altar is. I think interestingly enough, I grew up with altars without realizing that's really what they were because they weren't called that. But I grew up um, Christian and in uh, a lot of different Christian practices in the church, there are altars. And especially in a Catholic faith, uh, you know, the altar is this like very specific uh, place that can only be accessible by priests and altar boys and Eucharists and that sort of thing. But there's also like the, that big table of like red candles where you like, uh, like give an offering and light a candle and speak to a saint or speak to the Virgin Mary. Like, those are altars. And and like they weren't presented like that and it wasn't really talked about but i think in a lot of various religious practices altars are sort of front and central to how you worship and and like how you speak to not only like maybe a deity or a saint but um how you speak to yourself and relate to your practice absolutely dude absolutely so i guess like when i think altar now uh, you know, there's a lot of different uses, which I'll talk about in a second, but I tend to think of, you know, a, an altar as a, a specific place for tools of worship and what those tools are and what worship means to you are going to be very different and very individualized. 100%, 100%. Um, I would love to have just one place where I have my altar, but my brain is so chaotic. I have <laughs> my altar spread out throughout my apartment. Well, I think, sure, yeah. And I think it's um, important to note that, like, you can have more than one altar in your home or space or wherever, you know, you have these set up. And sometimes they're going to be big, elaborate, very specific, um, you know, ritual tool based. And sometimes they're going to be, like, really um, small and individualized. I think there's, like, a tendency uh, to have things like that creep around the house where it's, like, you know, everything is contained in my cabinet. And then suddenly there's no more room in my cabinet. And now this skull lives on a shelf in my bedroom <laughs> and like with a Ouija board kind of thing. And like, so everything sort of like gets spread out over time. But do you find oh, like yeah, you have dude. different, um, like different focuses in different rooms or places in your house or just things end up scattered? For me, um, because like, because everything is so chaotic in my apartment and like, I've done a lot of work on it and it's actually a pretty nice apartment. It's a very nice apartment. As, <laughs> as far as altar goes for me, I very intentionally place something representative of an element within my apartment in each of the directions associated with that element. Ooh, cool. Sweet. So you yeah, like you've like, almost made your entire apartment sort of this like altar shrine sacred space. Kind of. Um, but like nobody knows. Like sure. I know that I've done it, but nobody else knows. Like if somebody were to come in here, they wouldn't be like, That's an altar. But like right. for example, the north side of my apartment is where my porch is. So I always have I mean, like in the spring, summer, I have potted plants on the porch, or I also placed the plants that you gave me for my birthday on the north side of my apartment to oh, represent nice. earth. 
Cool. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. South side of the apartment I have um, is my bedroom. I have a candle next to my bed for fire. Uh, east side of my apartment, my bathroom is like northeast, but it's it probably extends to the easternmost part of my apartment. There is always a feather in my bathroom for air. Uh, now you've just Always. recently redone your bathroom, so I guarantee the next time I am allowed to come over, I'm going to be looking for this feather. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's in a cabinet, so you, you like open it. <laughs> oh, cabinet, I'm not gonna. Yeah, fair. I'm not gonna be that person. I don't snoop in other people's medicine cabinets, but but now I do. I do. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna start cleaning hours more open. often. <laughs> I need a nicer toothbrush in there now. <laughs> Oh, come on. I don't care. I'm just like, I'm going to see what's in it. I'm going to purposely leave a note for you next time. Just be like, I know you're looking. (laughs) (laughs) You should. That would be hilarious. I'm going to take a picture of it if you do. Um, And on the west, the west side of my apartment, I I always have this like little jar of seashells uh, that I collect at the beach. I have a little jar of seashells that I collect at the beach and that's for water. That's awesome. Very cool. Hmm. Now, uh, do your altars like, uh, do you, I suppose, do you use them to bring harmony to your home or like, cause, uh, I did a bunch of reading this week, um, from a book that actually you and I, um, got when we were down in Providence, Rhode Island at October, shout out to October, uh, in Providence or an awesome little witchy vibe, witchcraft store. And they have a great book selection. And so I picked up the witcher's altar. Uh, by Jason Mankey and Laura Tempest-Zakroff, which I'm really enjoying because there's a lot of antidotes in there. Uh, but also they come from two very different schools of witchcraft. And so you're getting a lot of diversified opinions. Uh, but one of the things that like they're one of the chapters that they talk about are like all these different uses for an altar that I hadn't ever really considered. And so I'm kind of curious, like with yours spread out sort of like across your apartment, is it like just a holistic, you know, what feels good and, and good vibes in your apartment? Or is it a specific, uh, I guess, a specific intention or specific use? So I started doing it actually subconsciously. Oh, cool. Like, I That's how mine started, I didn't realize, too. I didn't realize I was doing it. And then one day I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm spreading my altar throughout my entire apartment. That's like awesome. not realize that I was like, who puts a feather in their bathroom? <laughs> that you is know? pretty. That is pretty <laughs> random. <laughs> yeah, it's been in there for years, years, and I I realized I was doing it, and I was like, oh well. So I suppose for me, it probably is like a harmony thing rather than a yeah. um an energy focusing thing. Like if I need to focus my energy on something, typically I'll cast a circle. Oh, and cool. bring the elements yeah. within the circle. Yeah, that makes that totally makes sense. Uh, I also like just sort of randomly fell into this where you know I have a an affection for um, taxidermy and bones and dried flowers and like weird medicine bottles and like all that sort of cool kitschy oddity shop stuff. And I I amassed quite a little collection and was gifted a a cabinet, specifically like witch's cabinet um, by engineer Dan for Christmas one year and um, sort of brought all of these things together. 
and put them all in one cabinet. And in sort of harmonizing everything together, uh, I, I decided just, it, I don't know, it just felt right and created a little like specific space with a frame to sort of contain it. Same idea as like a circle and antlers. And then I decorate the antlers seasonally with different things. Now I'm a bad, bad witch, bad quote unquote. Uh, I am not a, uh, I'm not a, uh, you know, specific, which perhaps I can't, the, the word is escaping me right now, but I, I'm lazy. <laughs> sometimes I set it up on a solstice and sometimes I'm like, I've got this great man for winter. I was like, I'm going to have crow feathers. I'm going to have like, I've got an, an English crow's foot. I'm going to hang those from the antlers. I'm going to dip the antlers in gold. I'm going to drip black wax all over them. Like I had this big elaborate art piece in my head and in the middle of spring, literally after just after belting came and I was like, I guess I'll set up my spring altar now. I never touched it for winter at all. <laughs> Missed the spring sol solstice and finally was like, I'm going to do something now. But sometimes, you know, the mood just strikes you. Um, but yeah, I just sort yeah, of like dude, came together. Right. I think that's the point though. I think like, really, I think that's the point is that your altar is reflective of yourself at whatever time of year it is. You don't have to change it for spring. You don't have to change yeah. it for winter. You can, if that's what you want to do. But if you're feeling lazy, man, and that altar is good enough for you, it's good enough for everybody. <laughs> Uh, that yeah, absolutely. And um, before I f forget, because I know I'm going to your story about like the who has a feather in their bathroom made me think of um, recently. My mom sent me an email, not to the five C two P website, but just to me, and asked if uh, if I had. Uh, different things in my altar. Like she had done uh, reading because I think I had like sent her a photo or told her that like I had made a wreath for my altar or something like that. And so um, she asked if I had like, uh, she's like, so you have a feather and you have a stone and you have like, and she was going through all of the elemental things because she had done some reading. And I thought that was so sweet. And because we're recording on Mother's Day, I think your feather story made me think of that. And so I want to share. <laughs> Total that tangent. Is... <laughs> But there are so like, sweet. there are specific things that some altars can be used for. And it's quite the little list that I have pulled from the book that I mentioned, but um, I did want to sort of run through it because some of these are kind of cool and some of them I hadn't ever thought of. Uh, but when I read them, I was like, oh, that's totally true. So uh, I think the most obvious one is like devotion. So uh, religious observance, but they wrote, um, actually, I think it was Tempest that wrote this in the book, uh, that devotion can also be akin to loving, loyal, or dedicated to something or someone. And I loved that sentiment that your altar can be a devotion, a loving, loyal, or dedication to something or someone. So it could be a little altar to maybe a past pet or maybe it's an altar to, um, you know, some people hang, like have a bust of Elvis, like surrounded by candles, like, you know, whatever <laughs> it might be, it's still an altar. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I've definitely like created little altars for friends who oh, like, awesome. for example, um, uh, I've had friends who have had like grandparents or parents who weren't doing well who have asked me to like 
light a candle for them. Oh, I recently so, did that for um, a coworker of mine. Um, her father was in the hospital with um, coronavirus, and she asked me to do the same, so I did. Yeah, and I didn't think of yeah. it the, as an altar at the time. It was just she asked me to send some good vibes out, and so I did that. But yeah, that's that. You're right. Yeah. That was totally an altar. But in 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 doing so, you're creating a space of energy dedicated to somebody um, to send good vibes out there. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. And that's actually one of the, the actual like reasons that somebody might create an altar that's listed here. They call it honoring. So you can like honor the dead or honor someone. Um, and it might be honoring yourself. Like you can create a little like self care altar. Same thing. It's honoring. Um, I think a lot of people like myself when I was a teenager and was like, I don't know what witchcraft is. Witchcraft is evil. It's the devil. Satanism is witchcraft, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which are all not true, but whatever. I was 14. I didn't know shit. Um, but I think most people think things like ritual focus or offerings, um, or spellcraft, um, or consecration, all different, all, you know, uses for altars. Um, and I hadn't really thought about, you know, the fact that those are all different, but they totally are. You can you can have an altar that's just for you know focusing and intention. You can have an altar that's like for like a specific spell. Like you could set your spell up and just leave it there. I know a lot of people do that with different mm -hmm. crystal patterns and stuff. You can set an altar up for blessings. And I grew up in a fishing town, and at the start of every lobster season, the priests would go out and bless the boats that would come by in, like, a parade. And um, that was, like, it, I guess it's a little bit different than an altar, but it made me think of that um, in terms of, like, blessing a specific thing in a specific space um, for a specific reason. Because I don't know a lot of people that, like, get blessed outside of that, but... Made me think of that. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. Um, and 100%. Then the, uh, the two that really, like, got me, or three that really got me, was uh, meditation, which sort of makes sense. You got, like, maybe you've got a, a, you know, a sculpture of a specific deity that you focus on, or a crystal bowl, or something like that. Um, divination, which totally eluded me but i'm like where do i right now i was gonna say where do i keep my tarot cards right now they're on a coffee table uh because i was lazy and didn't put them away but d like having a special space where you keep your like tarot cards or oracle cards or crystals or whatever you use to um to tell your future or get like advice like that's usually some sort of cool little setup not many people are just like i'll throw it in my sock drawer and if you do, well, you, you must do have dope do socks, that, though, dude. <laughs> like when you do readings for other people, you definitely set your space in a very specific way, right? And I, and it's every time that I've done that, I like I've set it up the same, and I didn't think about it at all until I was reading that um, in the in the book, and was like, you know, beyond where I store my things, yeah, I do. Like it is a very specific setup. Um, and it is very altery. Yeah, it is. Um, and then the last <laughs> It's really cool that you're just now realizing. Yeah, it's like, it's... yeah absolutely. A lot of this you're stuff setting clicked. up an altar when you're doing that. <laughs> a lot, yeah. <laughs> reading, I think that's why I was so excited to talk about altars because reading this book and like sort of thinking about it, I sort of started realizing how many things I had done like without knowing what I was doing that fell into a particular category or that I really like resonated with. 
And then the last one was, uh, and I felt like maybe this could apply to you too, I don't know, uh, but was inspiration. Like having uh, a certain setup when you're like about to like create something. And uh, what do we do every single episode, especially when we're together? We light our candles. Mm -hmm. We usually have some piece of chocolate between us. Like we've got our like little cat burn tray. We like, we have um, usually a shot or something like that. We set up this tiny little altar every time we record for inspiration. We absolutely do. We often put like crystals there. Yeah. Totally. Yep. And I don't like alter queen. <laughs> and like <laughs> I've seen your apartment. Whether I I feel like whether you feel like it's an altar or not, your creative spaces, like your sewing space and like your um like your craft room area kind of thing, like are like very specifically set up. And if they're not, you're just it's blind luck because they look great. But <laughs> uh <laughs> You know, I, I feel like a lot of times people wouldn't necessarily associate the fact that, like, you know, if you if you want to sit down and, like, paint or sew or draw or write a song or whatever, like, you generally want to be in a space that um, inspires you. Maybe that's with, like, a particular um, art piece on the wall or maybe a potted plant nearby or cool incense burning or... You know, like even music that you're listening to while you do that, you know, that's its own little altar. Yeah, dude, totally. I do it with uh, color. Oh, with color? Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I paint my walls specific colors um, to enhance creativity. That's awesome. That That's, <laughs> <laughs> I like, that's one of the things that I love about, you know, doing some of this, like, I don't know, research, reading, whatever, Um uh, is finding these little things where it's like, oh, look at this thing. I didn't even know that I was doing unless I like sort of thought about it. It's so cool. Yeah, it's so cool. And then, and, and like, so either you read about it and you're like, holy shit, I've been doing this. I didn't even know it, but it's, it's right. Or, or maybe you intentionally do it either way. Right. And you have your practice, you know what you're doing, and whether I, you know you're doing mm-hmm. it or not, it's specific to you. Yeah. Yep. And I think that that's the thing is, like once, like if you didn't know you were doing it and then you like sort of like, oh, that resonates with me now that I've like sort of read about this thing or heard about this thing or listened to the podcast or whatever. Um, and you're like, that's like, and you feel like that's an altar because you, you have all of your favorite kitchen tools like on a kitchen counter or you set up your coffee table with certain things on it or, um, you know, you have like you put all of your family pictures together in one area or like whatever it might be. There's no right or wrong to it. The key is that it is used in some purposeful manner to connect you with one of these types of things, like a blessing in, in like an inspiration, honoring something, you know, just decorating, like decorating your bookshelf because it's pretty is not the same thing as, um, you know, making a purposeful altar, but you know, even like uh, a couple episodes back, engineer Dan mentioned, you know, he's got a hutch with all of his sort of collections and, um, things that he's found interesting, but they're, you know, they're placed with intention and meaning and uh, sort of bringing everything together, all these little bits and pieces and past and people and um, all of that together in one area. You wouldn't look at it to think that's an altar, but it totally is. Yeah. 
that's what I really like about altars or the idea of altars is that you can do it in a way where it does look like it's an altar and maybe it's in a public place within your home where people can see it and know it's an altar if that's what you want or you can do it you know like I do and I don't do this intentionally but spread it out and make it make your entire home your altar and have your energy focused everywhere and and maybe people like connect the dots maybe they don't either way doesn't really matter because it's not for them right right absolutely well uh we're gonna take a little break and we'll be back um in just a second to talk a little bit about like if you want to make an altar maybe you're listening to this and you're like you know what I think I'm ready to, you know, create my own little space. Or this is something I've always really wanted to do, but I didn't really know how. Or maybe you're listening and you're in a place where, um, you know, you don't have a lot of space. Or you're not outwardly practicing and, you know, you're not quite sure how to go about this without, you know, maybe like taking up a whole table in your bedroom or something like that. We've got some some tips and tricks and ideas of like how to go about um, building your own little altar. So we'll be right back. Yeah, we'll see you in a sec, witches. Okay, we are back. And we're going to walk you through some ideas on how to build your own altar. In case you want to. And if you don't, that's fine. You can still listen to this portion of the episode. Maybe it'll inspire you in the future. <laughs> or not. <laughs> or not. Whatever. <laughs> But <laughs> maybe you're like, all right, whatever. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I, I have, I suppose, the luxury, I th- think you do too, Lindsay, where like we have partners that are aware of our witchy inclinations and are supportive of that. Uh, but not everybody listening might have that luxury. We both live in apartments with multiple rooms. Not everybody listening probably has that luxury. Uh, maybe you have an outdoor space. Maybe you don't. Maybe you've got like three cats. Maybe you've got a toddler. Like there's a lot of things that uh, I think can um, alter, haha, uh, pun, <laughs> or yeah. uh, <laughs> I got too much personal enjoyment on that. <laughs> I, I like that too. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of things that can help determine like what you set up and where you set it up. And I think that there's like some really creative ways that people can make a little altar without without announcing to like everyone who steps in the uh, in the apartment or in the house that that's what it is like you were saying you've got like little things in every sort of like quadrant of your house uh, maybe you've got like a, a closet you put it like in the back of a closet maybe you're like maybe you're listening and you're like if my mom finds this she's going to murder me and you know you just want to <laughs> like have a shoe box where you keep all of your cool witchy stuff and put it in the back of your closet and that's your own little secret altar just for yourself where like if your mom does find it she'll be like oh my god you're into witchcraft oh no but you know it's for you so fuck it <laughs> dude totally like outside of the things that i place very specifically in parts of my apartment i keep a lot of my witchy stuff in a wooden wine box that has a lid. Yeah, boxes so are that great easily for that. accessible, and I can grab it whenever I need it. I know exactly where it is. 
Yep, absolutely. So maybe you've got the luxury where you've like got a little coffee table or side table or a vanity or like the top of a dresser or something like that. And you can set everything out and you change it like really faithfully uh, according to the Sabbath or whatever. But, you know, maybe it's just a little collection hidden away just for you. Maybe it's out in plain sight, but it's not super obvious because, you know, it's a... It's a picture of your mom and, you know, and attached to that picture dangling is also, you know, uh, her favorite dried flower and a feather and, you know, whatever. But um, one of the things that, yeah, I, I hadn't really thought about was the idea of like public public versus private and like one uh, one idea I had in, in sort of like thinking about this and reading about this is, you know, making use of secret spaces like a drawer. You could totally set up a whole little thing in a drawer, in a coffee table, or a vanity, uh, or a kitchen, and nobody would ever know. Uh, it's just, you know, it's for you. It's there. You can access it when you want it. Or repurposing um, something from, uh, like, from a flea market or a secondhand store, like a medicine cabinet or something like that. Because medicine cabinets can be, you know, really inexpensive, but it's just this little cabinet that you put on the wall and close it up. And, you know, again, your your grandma's coming over or you've got a new, like, you've got a date and you're not sure how they're going to take it or whatever it might be. Or maybe it's just, it's just not for other people's eyes and it's just for you. And you can just sort of close it away and... Um, and keep it safe. Also super important if you're like us and you have cats who are assholes. And <laughs> and I like if I had my altar space on a table, it would be all over the house instantly. Like those like if especially yeah. if it contained dried herbs or dried flowers or anything like their bones, the cats would steal it. Even if I just put something cool like on a little table, it, they would like come and just like knock it over. And they Yeah, be mine too. Cats are just, they're dicks. They are. Mine would destroy everything. If I had a single focal point for my altar, I would put it in my closet. I have a big closet. Yeah, and I, I same thing. Like I've got the witch cabinet, so that houses most of what I would consider to be my altar. And then I've got the specific spot on the wall in the frame that you know I I decorate kind of thing. But most people that come over for me, that cabinet's also in the craft room, so it's not front and center. So if people are you know coming over to hang out, it is a private space, and that's important to me as much as I love other people like seeing our taxidermy or our collection of houseplants or our weird selection of art, whatever it might be, it's important to me to have a place that's like mine kind of thing. Or it's not necessarily like this possessive mine, but it's not for everyone. It's for me right. and my like and my family kind of thing. And you have it all set up so that it looks like art too. Like if I didn't know that you were a green witch and I were coming over for the first time and you were showing me your space, I would see what you have as your altar as an art installation. Sure. Yeah. It is. It's aesthetically pleasing and it, uh, it is. yeah. And, and I think that, you know, because it doesn't have a lot of the, the stereotypes that people associate with witchcraft, then, you know, I, I don't think it would be super obvious right away, but you know, it grows and expands and changes and yeah. And yeah, I mean, I think that's that's a personal choice, whether or not you want it to be, you know, front and center. And uh, it can be front and center. And again, like, you know, people might not know. Like, my mom sets up her kitchen table. She doesn't, I know she doesn't know it's an altar or thinks that it's an altar. But, it, like, <laughs> she has the world's largest collection of 
uh, t- matching tablecloths and cloth napkins, and they are changed <laughs> faithfully with uh, each season special occasion, matching runners, but, but the actual items on the kitchen table are very um, indicative of the season. Um, and they're all like flowers or arrangements like that, but also different, like interesting items that she's collected. And they're very, um, they're very homey and they're like, it's all on the kitchen table. So she's created this like family space where people gather and celebrate and commune together. But, uh, she's got this little movable altar that she like sets up every day then takes it down for meals and then resets it immediately after and it's very it's very much an altar which i can't wait to inform wow. her later <laughs> she must have so much energy oh god yeah you have no idea <laughs> she is a doer <laughs> she... i love that i yeah. wish i were like yeah that. she is a fucking doer um <laughs> uh, so yeah, you can you find all kinds of creative and fun little spaces for you know what you want to create, and then um, you know I think that the other sort of like thought and when you're considering like where to put it is like you said um, like you do you've got like sort of aligned with um, with compass directions and yeah I think that to kind of like there are certain in in different practices there are certain associations with each um, compass direction and you know maybe you want to think about that when you're setting up your stuff well I didn't realize mine faces north and I didn't do that on purpose it just sort of that's where it fit Um, but it turns out that north is the most common um, direction for an altar to face especially in wicca practices like wicca 101 mm-hmm. books will tell you to place your altar facing north um, because it's supposed to be a steady force and like a foundation for um for your practice and uh foundation to provide guidance and that sort of thing so it's like this sort of like steadfast like, um, hold your own direction but if you yeah um if you want to like place it facing east um, that's really common because like the sun and the moon rise in the east. Uh, it's uh, also associated with like spirits of knowledge. So a lot of times um, shrines will face east instead of like and, and shrines and altars are are different. They're similar. Um, I think that there's similarities, but shrines are often faced east because of a particular um, deity or a particular being and shrines. I guess to me, the difference is a shrine honors a specific thing um, or person, usually a person, and something that they've done, but it's like, it's very specific place and it's a very specific person. And the space that it occupies is typically specific to them. So when you think of a lot of Eastern shrines, it's like this is where Buddha laid his head or something like that. I'm, I don't know a lot about Buddhism, but it's very specific to that place and that person. Whereas an altar can, is a little bit more free flowing. Does that make sense? I think that makes sense. <laughs> that absolutely makes sense. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, we've definitely said altar is, is more specific to you and your practice. Shrines are, are more dedicated to something else or an or you know like a, a deity or or whatever yeah. person deity yeah and and so i think if you're you know if you're specifically building something to honor a specific deity you know maybe it's a lunar deity maybe it's a solar de- deity maybe you're drawing energies from those things you maybe you want to make something that faces east 
you can make something that faces west, but that's apparently a little bit more a little bit more sacred, a little bit more focused because the west is where the sun and the moon set and it's more associated with death and transformation. So if you're creating an altar to, you know, a deceased loved one or uh, setting up an altar to do a divination. Maybe you like read your oracle cards or read your tarot cards. Maybe you want to make that facing west for that moment and really think about that transformation that you're, you know, trying to draw from or get guidance on. And then last cool. but not least, uh, sort of in reference to our little mini-sode, uh, our little in-between-a-sode, south is all about sexual energy. Uh, apparently yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that, <laughs> uh, but it's a, it's, and also fire, right? It's a, so, it's fire and a solar deity. And it's usually set up, um, if it's, uh, if you set up your altar specific to South, it's usually in specific reference to a particular deity, uh, or being or spirit or whatever. But Beltane is one of those times where like, if you set up an altar specific to a, uh, high holy day kind of thing, then, uh, you would set up your altar for Beltane facing south to get that fertile energy going oh man <laughs> so yeah I th those are all again all in that little uh the the witch's altar by jason mankey and uh laura zakroff uh, and, and i didn't know any of that and i thought that was all pretty cool yeah that is really cool that's a that's a cool book yeah uh so you've got a you, you know what your altar is you know why you're building it you know where you're putting it now what the fuck do you put on it uh, or in it. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I think we've alluded to this, but I'm pretty sure our short answer is whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, it is whatever the fuck you want. I set up mine based on elements and their cardinal directions, but yeah, whatever you want. Yeah, I think that those are like the th sort of three buckets, I guess, that um, when I was reading through things and thinking about it and thinking about my altar and whatever, uh, was sort of... Uh, the first was whatever you want. If it's aesthetically pleasing or you're setting up to draw inspiration from it, put things that are pleasing to you and inspiring to you and mean something to you. I mean, there's no right or wrong. You could have like a beautiful stack of comic books and video games and your like favorite action figures. And if that inspires you, like rock out. That's like that's your altar. <laughs> but if you want to decorate it with, you know, bones and dried flowers and feathers, like that's, you know, it might be more quote unquote witchy, but, you know, it's no better an altar um, if it doesn't inspire you. Yeah, yeah. dude, absolutely. There are, I think, um, some some things that like are typical, especially with a lot of, um, you know, new witchcraft practices. You'll see like specific ritual tools and blades and chalices and wands and cauldrons and all that sort of stuff. I put my mortar and pestle in mine um, when I'm setting that up to do like make face creams and that sort of thing. Uh, so you can have specific ritual tools. Uh, you can have like statues if you worship a sp specific deity. Maybe you worship like the green man or something like that. And you want to have a little statue or a little token or a totem to them. Um, but yeah, I think the last sort of bucket was that idea of like things for the elements. And I love that you have shells uh, for water because that was the one that like sort of caught me. I was like, I wrote down a whole bunch of ideas for like earth being like potted plants and flowers and crystals and bones and things like that. And then I got to water and I was like, 
a bowl of water? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I don't know yeah, what to put for water. <laughs> I mean, you can totally, a bowl of water is totally fine. If, if I've made moon water, sometimes I'll put it on that oh, side of the apartment. But but I, but I always have <laughs> seashells that I've collected. Yep. And as far as a physical object representative of water that I always have, seashells is it. Totally. I um, I do have, again, uh, now I'm just sort of like thinking about things that I've done randomly. I've got a little glass box on my desk in the office, which I cannot go to right now. And in that box is a couple of crystals of different types for different reasons. Uh, a really pretty red maple leaf that I found walking to work one day and a fish vertebrae. And so there are actually in this little glass box, there is a fish vertebrae for water. There's a, um, a maple leaf for, I'm going to say air because like it would have floated down. Uh, there are, Mm -hmm. uh, there's a, um, specific rock that came uh, traditionally the mineral comes from meteorites. Um, so there's a little piece of that. I'm going to say that that's uh, my earth. And then I'm sure there's something in there for fire that I can't remember right now, but there's all kind of, like there's, yeah, all these little things um, come together and you can get creative with it. And I think often I get stuck in that, like water is water and I don't know what else. Like I could have a little <laughs> bottle, a little vial, but yeah, moon water is great. Seashells, a little thing of sand from the beach or, even yeah. like a, a rock from your favorite river area or pond or something. I bet there's lots of stuff if you got creative with it. Yeah. I mean, you could even go, if you just have a bunch of colored candles, you can put different colored candles oh, totally. in different directions to uh, represent the elements. One of the things I had um, considered for fire as well was, um, you know, aside from like a, maybe a rock um, or a piece of like coal or a piece of burnt wood from like a fireplace or something like that, uh, it was maybe because I like bones and, and weird stuff like that, but maybe like snake vertebrae or snake skin or something like that because um, snakes and lizards and stuff are cold-blooded and they like the heat. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a good <laughs> idea. I think it's, you know, you can think outside the box and, and get creative with it. You know, again, your altar is whatever you want it to be. It doesn't have to look, quote, unquote, witchy. Yeah. Air is always the tough one for me. Like, for, for air, representing air, um, like feathers, I always kind of gravitate towards or incense. Yeah, I have a feather in mine. I've certainly used feathers. Outside, um, you could use wind chimes. I suppose you could hang wind chimes inside, too. Ooh, that's a great idea. Yeah. um, Wind chimes, that's a great suggestion. uh, Maybe, like, I don't know. For some reason, I would be drawn to something like a sun catcher, which is probably more fire-related. But when I think of air, I think of the sky. And so putting, like, one of those, like, little sun catcher, like, uh, crystals that cast rainbows, something like that would be another alternative for me anyway, for air. Yeah, that's a great idea. Makes me think of rainbows. Love it. <laughs> uh, like super creative. Yeah. So I think that's the sort of like moral of our story here is, you know, altars are all around us. Um, and, you know, it's not that... It's not that big of a labor-intensive process. If it's something that's interesting to you and you really want to, like, intensify your practice and set something up for a specific specific 
um, specific day, specific season, specific spellcraft. You want to honor a loved one, um, or you just want to create a, a nice space for you to create something or a nice space for you maybe your oracle cards or tarot cards to live then you know it's all altars it's just what you make it put a little love into it get creative totally that's my diatribe on altars <laughs> i'm so excited i got to talk about them <laughs> i know dude. you've really been wanting to talk about this for a while i'm glad that we i'm glad that we did this week. yeah me too i really am me too i mean like it's, I'm not sure how to like word this. I suppose it's an oddly important thing to me in my practice uh, because it's a moment of like I reset my intentions when I reset up my altar, and uh, and I really feel connected or more connected when everything is in its right place in that specific spot, uh, and that it's you know that it is well decorated or set up with um you know specific things and and it, it bugs me like i could have more laundry than i will ever be able to do uh, like all around the house like what like dishes undone but if my altar is in a disarray i get like annoyed <laughs> well you're an artsy farty dude yeah. so that's you know that kind of it, it goes with the territory. I mean, we both are. So, like, everything else can be in chaos. But if we have this one thing that looks exactly <laughs> how we want it to look, we are satisfied. Totally. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, we're coming down to the end of our episode here. And we did not um, prepare a specific Pussy of the Week this week. But what we will do is... Give a, a happy belated Mother's Day, not only to biological moms, but also adoptive moms, because I know a lot of times, um, you know, you uh, you may have had somebody in your life that was very motherly or a mother figure, but also matrons, um, just sort of strong women in your life that you've learned from, um, that we've learned from, that have provided guidance and uh, and reassurance and love and so... Happy belated Mother's Day to all the different types of moms out there. Totally, dude. Happy belated Mother's Day. And before we We're go. We're moms, too. We're pet moms. Pet, pet moms. You know, I never consider pet moms um, personally on Mother's Day. That's just not my jam. I mean, I, I love my cats well, dearly, but it's not the same as providing any sort of guidance for a human being. I wouldn't say a happy Mother's Day to myself for being a pet mom, but... The reality is we are pet moms and we give care <laughs> to living creatures. Fair, that's fair. <laughs> Maybe not as important, but still. <laughs> well, before we go fully, we have a shout out. Yay. Uh, I love shout outs. Yeah. So last week... Um, our Pussy of the Week was Becca Graves, and you can see a picture of her awesome neon pink pit hair on our Instagram, 5C2P Pod. And we got a ton of response from that. Holy shit, people like pit hair. Uh, I was yeah, shocked. Like pit hair. <laughs> I think it's because it's pink. like women with pit hair. I like you guys for liking women with pit hair. 100%. Uh, but we did get quite a lot of response from that. And so I wanted to give out a specific um, shout out to, I. this isn't any sort of uh, actual 
full-on pronounceable uh, handle here. So it's Joppanaxno, <laughs> uh, but we got a we got a DM from Joppanaxno. That's what I'm going to call you. Uh, and just wanted to like give a sh- she gave a shout out uh, that you know it, it was awesome, confidence, uh, and proud of your body hair. And she wishes that more women um, wouldn't shave and would keep their hair and be proud of their natural body and their beautiful hair and you know, whether whether natural body hair is your thing or not, uh, we wanted to say thank you for the shout out uh, for the message. And, you know, we we were inspired by people's reaction on the pair. So in in the future, there will be an upcoming uh, femisode on body hair. And we're excited. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be I'm awesome. So excited! Uh, yeah, that's. <laughs> I think we both have strong personal opinions on this and and our own practices. So I can't I can't wait. But thank you so much to everyone yeah. who who responded, who liked, who shared um, that particular post. And um, you know, if you haven't seen it, go check it out. And also give Becca a follow on her Instagram. She's a dope ass hairstylist. So if you really are into hair, check her out. Totally do. At Becca.Graves.Hair on Instagram. Sweet. Well, that's it. That's all. We're at the end. (laughs) I'm such a dork. I made myself giggle. (laughs) 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 Until next week, witches, remember, be kind. No pervs, no Nazis. (gasps) Totally.